Remain standing for the reading of the word. You'll notice there there's two passages. One is the call of Abraham out of Genesis 12. The other is the covenant that God made with Abraham. So if you'll bear with me for a moment, we're going to read these two scriptures. The third one from the book of Galatians we might get to later on in the sermon. I don't know. But let's just read the narrative, critical, absolutely critical, one of the most important passages in Scripture is the call of Abraham and the covenant that God made with him. Hear now the word of God. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And then to chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward will be great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring. And that's the subject of our sermon this morning, this offspring. And a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and he said, look toward the heavens and number the stars. And if you're able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I will possess it? And he said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, a dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I will give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, I wish I had time to deal with those two passages. 
Did you notice a deep sleep fell upon Abram? Did you notice there were sacrificial animals, bloodshed cut all around it? Do you notice it was a dark, dark day? Does that remind you of Golgotha's hill? When God fulfilled that covenant in the death of his own son, his own son. That's the subject of our talk this morning. And it has to do with this call that God made to Abraham. And he said, I'm going to give you an offspring. So what we're going to talk about here in a few minutes is a pretty simple, straightforward subject. I doubt if you'll learn anything new, but I want you to see it all collected together throughout the pages of Scripture, the offspring of Abraham. Who is the offspring of Abraham? And just so you know, the word that's translated offspring so beautifully and so euphemistically is actually the word sperm. It's the sperma, the sperm. If we were reading that in Greek this morning, that's the word we would use because that's the Greek word. It's the sperm, it's the seed. And this is the seed of the loins of Abraham. And this is what God is talking about. He's talking about through all of this stuff that I'm going to do, this great blessing, this great land, this great nation, this great multitude, this great work of atonement, all is going to be brought forth by a seed of your loins, Abraham. So the Lord set it up that his seed is going to be the one who will bring all of this to fulfillment. Let me tip you off right now because I think most of you suspect the seed is Christ. But let me tell you, show you how we get there. Abraham said, I've got to have a son. I don't have a son yet. I don't have a child yet. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make my servant, my right-hand man, my number one prime minister of my whole kingdom, I will make him my heir. And Eliezer from Damascus was his servant. But the Lord said, no, this man shall not be your heir. I'm going to give you an heir of your own loins, of your own offspring. Sarah had a wife, beautiful wife, spunky wife, fun wife, a wife that he learned to listen to. It says so in the Bible. He learned to listen to Sarah. And she was barren. Not going to have any children there, but Sarah was creative and she came up with a good plan. Why don't I give my handmaiden, this beautiful Egyptian woman that is my handmaiden, give her to Abraham and let him have a son by her? And they did that. And the baby that was born was Ishmael. And Ishmael grew up to be 12 or 13 years old according to the text. And the Bible says Abraham loved Ishmael. And Abraham looked at this fine young boy whose progenitors were both Ham and Sham, and looked at him and said, this is the son. And he said to, to the Lord, may, the, may Ishmael live before the Lord. And the Lord said, no, your only begotten son is going to be your heir. And sure enough, in time, the Lord miraculously delivered through the barren womb of Sarah a little baby. Isaac, and he was the son of promise. And I'll skip the story. Y'all know there's a lot of things having to do with, with, with Isaac, but I want to keep the, 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 the story kind of lean so that we can see the, 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 the solidity of this work of God over a 2,000-year 
period. This is 2,000 years now before Christ came as a babe in the, in the manger. And by the way, Abraham had another wife, Keturah, and she bore him six sons. That's eight boys. That's all of them. Keturah's boys, all six of them, went out and had families right away and had many princes. So now we've already got, we've got eight nations. The father of many nations is already the progenitor of eight nations. One boy from Hagar, one boy from Sarah, and six sons from Keturah. And so the promises of God are already well on their way to being fulfilled in a literal sense, in a physical sense. But that was never, ever, ever the sense in which God meant that Abraham's offspring would be the focus of God's saving work upon earth and his blessing work and his mighty work among the nations and upon the earth. And so time goes by. We got one son, Isaac. Isaac has twin boys, Esau and Jacob. Now we're making progress. We've got twins. And Isaac loved Esau. Esau was his favorite son. Esau was a man's man. He was a hunter. He was someone that, that Isaac could be proud of. But the Lord said, no. Esau will not be your seed. Well, he's my seed for sure. Isaac said, you can't be him. It's the same seed. It's the same mother. He's a twin boy. And the Lord said, no, Jacob I have loved. And by the way, that's a statement of Christ's love for his church. Anytime you read that in the Bible, it's in there three times. When he says, Jacob have I loved, that's Jesus telling us he loves Israel, his church, his people, his chosen people from day one. So you know the story about Esau and Jacob. You learn that in Sunday school. And it ends up Jacob becomes the heir of the promise. And God repeats the promise to Jacob. And Jacob goes off with his father-in-law Laban and he works. And so you know the story of, of Leah. You know the story of Rachel. You know the story of all these things that took place. And it ends up that Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel when he wrestled with God. And now Jacob has 12 sons. <laughs> now we're making progress. Now we've got some seed that's being sown. Now we've got some things really happening in the kingdom. It looks pretty good, doesn't it? He had six by Leah, two, son, two sons by Leah's handmaiden. Sounds like he got some ideas from his grandmother. Two more sons by the handmaiden of his other wife, the beloved one, Rachel. And Rachel was barren, but out of Rachel comes two his favorite. First, Joseph was his favorite with the coat of many colors, and you know the story there. But then there was little Benjamin born. Little baby Benjamin, and when Benjamin was born, Rachel died. And Rachel was buried right there in that part of the country that's just a few uh, uh, miles, kilometers from Bethlehem. Rachel died, and that's her burying place right there. Now we've got all these sons. And the firstborn is Reuben, the son of my strength. No, he's not the seed. What do you mean he's the firstborn? And down the line it comes with, with the Levi and Simeon and Judah and, and the boys begin to come and the family begins to expand. And the Lord says, 
I have one son out of this group. And he picks one out of the 12, and it was Judah. So now we have the seed coming down, and not all these boys, no, just one. One and only son, Judah. And we'll hurry along with the story. And Judah then becomes a great tribe, a mighty tribe, and dominates. In fact, as as the history of Israel goes by, God raises up a man out of the tribe of Judah, of the clan of Jesse, and there's eight sons. Jesse had eight sons. And he started with the firstborn, but Samuel the prophet only was led by the Spirit of God to anoint one son, David. David is the son of promise. David is the son, the only begotten son that will be used. And he is from the tribe of Judah, where we get our word Jew. They go off into great expansion. They go into Assyrian conquest. They go into Babylonian captivity. 1,000 years of history. And they return finally, finally back to the land. And there is no prophet in Israel for about 400 and something years. There's nothing seemingly happened except that sons are born. And I'll take you to the Bible, to the book of Matthew when the Gospels begin. And if you want the details of what I've been talking about this morning, it's probably not a bad idea to look to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's how the New Testament starts. That's how important that seed, that offspring is. And in in verse 2, it says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and down the line it comes until we get to David there in verse 6. And then it comes all the way down to the deportation into Babylon, and we keep coming and reading down there in Matthew chapter 1, and we get finally down to verse 16. And Jacob the father of Joseph by the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. And two verses over the story starts. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. And then you begin to have the birth narratives in the Gospel of Matthew concerning all the things about the birth of Jesus. What all does this amount to? Well, let me just summarize it for you as I conclude. And here I go to the book of Galatians. This is Paul writing there to the early church in the first couple of decades of the Christian faith on earth with Jesus Christ having come and lived and died and was buried and raised and ascended and all of that has transpired. The church is going and Paul is taking the gospel to the nations and he tells them with an incredible argumentation that takes place over an extremely uh, rough terrain of theological contention, but that's what the book of Galatians really is all about. But he gets to chapter 3, the middle of the book, Galatians, verse 16. He says, now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. We understand much so far, don't we? (laughs) Don't we know God made these promises and this covenant, this call to Abraham? That's where the Savior was going to come from. That's where all the blessings were going to be fulfilled. They were going to focus in Abraham's offspring. Well, who is Abraham's offspring? Well, it's the Jews. No, it's not. An outward, someone outwardly a Jew is not necessarily a Jew. It's one who's one inwardly. What does it take to be a real Jew, an inward Jew? Not someone that's circumcised outwardly, 
but someone that's circumcised with the circumcision of the heart made by the Spirit of God. What kind of person is that? That's a person that is Abraham's child by faith. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. When God spoke of the seed to Abraham, he was speaking of Jesus Christ, ultimately and finally and particularly and exclusively. And when Abraham heard God talk about the seed, he believed God. In other words, God preached Jesus Christ to Abraham. And Abraham heard that gospel of Jesus Christ and believed it, and it was counted to him for righteousness. That's the way you and I are saved. We believe God. We believe the promise, and the promise is fulfilled in Christ. So we trust in Christ. We believe in Christ. We give it all to Christ. We adopt and we embrace Christ. And that's what Abraham did. He just did it 2,000 years early on the, based on God's promise. It's called faith. He believed God that God was going to bring it to pass. And sure enough, God has brought it to pass. And now, now the God, this gospel message is being preached uh, with its force here by Paul here in, in this uh, particular letter. Galatians says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say. You know, it's important to know what the Bible does not say. Sometimes it helps you to understand what it does say. If you pick any doctrine or any truth. Well, when Abraham saw that first little boy there, that Ishmael, here's my seed. No, it's not. Isaac saw these twin boys and the Lord said, no, it's not your favorite. The one you're going to give the birthright to. It's not. It's not a Esau. It's Jacob. Jacob looked at all these boys, this big clan. In fact, when they went down, when Joseph, the son, led them down into Egypt, there were 70 souls in that family. They went down as a family. They came back, the Bible says, a mighty nation when they came out in the Exodus. God said, no, it's not. It's Judah. Oh, well, that's a pretty big tribe. It was, it was a powerful tribe. It was the royal tribe. No, it's not. It's David. God keeps narrowing it down. It never did get out of control where it's all sorts of folks. It's not. It is the promised one. And so Paul says the promises were made to Abraham and his offspring. It does not say and to offsprings, plural. It does not say to offsprings. Referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ. There it is. Who is the seed of Abraham? Who receives the blessings? Who gets the blessings? What are the blessings all about? What are the blessings fulfilled? Everything you want to know about the promise God made to Abraham. About the land. These days there's some people arguing about the land. Who does the land belong to? Who's the offspring? Who's going to inherit the land? What's the nature of the land? Well, you think, well, it's Canaan land. It's, it's like they said, it's from the Euphrates all the way over to the Nile. No, it's not. Paul says in Romans chapter 4 that Abraham was to inherit the earth. The whole earth. In fact, it's the new heaven and the new earth. We're in the midst of it and it's surrounded with an eternal presence is Jesus Christ Himself. He's the land on His eternal new heaven and new earth. Who's the seed of Abraham? It's Christ. And one verse and I'm done. I'm going now to the end of the chapter. It's in your text there. 
Verse 29, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. Who's the seed of Abraham? Jesus is. Anybody else? Yes. Everybody that is in Christ, that belongs to Christ. If you are Christ's, if He owns you, if you embrace Him through faith, then you participate as, the, as a fellow heir, part of the inheritance. Who's the seed of Abraham? Please, answer me. Who's the seed of Abraham? Christ and His people, the church. The pastor got it right. That's encouraging. You know, there's a lot of preachers that, a lot of preachers don't understand that, Bill, and you know it and I know it. We've talked about it. Christ, the only begotten Son. The exact same word that was used of Isaac when he was born. From the first only begotten Son God gave Abraham all the way to the only begotten Son that God gave the whole world. I'm done.